Good evening. Today is Wednesday, June 8th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is um, how it works, step three. And our speaker tonight is Stephanie M. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Nancy. Hi, I'm Stephanie M, recovered compulsive overeater and exercise bulimic, and I'm so glad to be here. I love this meeting, um, and I uh, love step three. I feel like my entire life revolves around step three. Um, it's better or worse depending on where I am in step three. Um, but since I haven't spoken at this meeting in a while, uh, and there's definitely some faces I don't know, I'll just, um, I'll do the, the standard format, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now, um, but with a focus on step three. So um, what it was like is I am a compulsive overeater and it got bigger and worse and I, um, I tried everything and it started at around age 12. My mom is one of us and is not interested in getting help, but at around 12, she started taking my sister and me, I'm a twin to all of her diet programs. I went to Weight Watchers. I was not overweight at all. I was not overweight, but I was doing these programs with her because she was convinced that the root of all of her problems was her weight. And she wanted to protect us from that. And we got the wrong tools and that became my life's purpose as well, was control and manage my weight. And, um, the thing that got me into program is my life was falling apart. I was about to lose my job. I actually had a conversation with my boss in which I said to him, I think you want to fire me. And he said, yep. Uh, but he couldn't cause he hadn't documented anything yet. Uh, I was $30,000 in debt. I was single and had just ruined a friendship by trying to date my best friend, my and who was not interested in me. Uh, I had just run a friend out of LA. She moved to LA because I was there and she had left four months later. Um, and I was 40 pounds overweight. And the only thing I cared about was the weight. Everything else didn't matter because I was 40 pounds overweight. And I was also convinced that my weight was the reason all of the other things were happening. Like if I could just lose the weight, then my friend would be into me. My other friend wouldn't have left. You know, I, my job would be fine. My boss doesn't like fat people. It's his fault, you know? And, um, and it was, I was delusional and, you know, the big book explains who we are, uh, before taking step three. And that is very, very much my experience. I was the actor. Um, everything I did was, uh, intended to manipulate, manage, and control because I genuinely thought that if I was honest about what I needed, I wouldn't get it. Um, my, my higher power before coming into program was punishing. And so if I was honest about what I wanted or needed, it would get taken away. I was convinced of that. And so instead I just tried to control and it didn't work. Um, and I often didn't get what I want wanted. And then I was resentful. And then I had, you know, my good friend food. Uh, and so, Obviously, my life, it wasn't working for me. Um, the, the comfort that I had was in food. And fortunately, a therapist mentioned a way. I laughed in her face. I wasn't ready yet. Um, but then a really good friend who had, was celebrating five years in AA invited me to a meeting to give her a cake. And it blew my mind because they were telling my story. And I felt like I was at home. 
And also I remember going home and thinking, oh, if only I was an alcoholic. Like it didn't click right away. I was, I was so, um, yeah, I just, I didn't get it. And then I went on vacation and uh, I usually vacation was the one place where I didn't binge. Like it was for whatever reason, I was able to like snap out of it. And like vacation staff was like the, the person that I always wanted to be, but couldn't be unless I was on vacation. And this time that didn't work. And I was binging the entire time. I was stealing food, sneaking food. I got caught a couple of times by my sister. And I remember like hide, trying to hide trash and it was mortifying. And I was like, this is the depths of, you know, like I, it's never been this bad. And so I got back from that trip and I went to my first meeting. Uh, and that changed everything. And, you know, I'm, uh, actually I'll, I'll jump to this in a second. Um, when I first came in, I immediately got a sponsor. I'm a rule follower. So I followed the rules. I got a sponsor. I started working the steps and my life got better. Um, and the one thing I will say is it took me a really long time to take step three around the food. I was convinced that I could eat sugar. I just needed to figure out how. Um, but what did, what I, my first abstinence was no binging and you know what, that was something like that, that was enough for me to get some recovery and for my life to get better. Um, and in the big book on page 62, it says there are two parts to the third step. One, we had to quit playing God. And then the second part is we decided that God was going to be our director. And while I did not do that around food right away, I did that in other parts of my life. And you, the, the next thing it says at the top of 63 is when we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. And so what happened for me is I didn't lose the weight. I actually gained a little bit of weight my first year in program because I was still eating a lot. Um, but my life got better. I ended up getting promoted twice in that job rather than fired. Uh, my friendships got better. I repaired my friendship. Uh, both of the friendships that I ruined, the one with the guy I tried to, tried to date and then the one with my friend, I slowly worked my way out of debt. I actually, that happened this year. Like I finally got out of that $30,000 of debt, but like, it, you know, it was a process. Um, and thank you. Uh, and again, the thing that did not change was my weight, but I was able to see that the weight was not the reason everything else in my life had happened. And also I was able to see that I wasn't a victim, like things weren't just happening to me. You know, I wasn't like, uh, it, I had a part in it. And if I like put my head down and did the work, my life got better. And so, um, what else happened is I broke my abstinence because I was still eating foods that made me feel like a junkie. Um, and I was not entirely abstinent. And so that was my, my path in OA for a while. I, I got 13 months and then I broke my abstinence and then I got nine months and then I broke my abstinence. And then this last time around, I had a year and a half and I, I didn't, I never actually broke my abstinence, but it was so painful. I was just sitting on my hands, trying not to eat. And, you know, it was like, I was like filling the space between meals always trying to just fill the space because I have a disease of more. It's like, there's never enough food. There's never enough of anything. And I just, I need something to check out. And if I'm not doing that, like what else am I going to do? It's going to be work. It's going to be whatever um, I can find. Maybe it's like watching something on Netflix nonstop. I don't know, but I just, I needed to fill the space in between and it felt so uncomfortable. And I also thought that like, that's how I knew I was abstinent. It was like, it was a little bit painful. Um, but I also watched two fellows who were in the rooms, um, 
sort of go through this through this thing where they were talking about their abstinence and saying things like, I'm technically abstinent, but, or I had a big food day, but the recovery is, and they stopped saying those things and they started talking about their higher power and the big book. And I also immediately thought, this isn't gonna last. And so I waited and I watched them for months expecting them to binge or go out. You know, I was like, this is too strict, whatever they're doing. And I knew that they had let go of their alcoholic ingredients. I was starting to hear about that. Um, and they didn't, they, they like, they were just like shining lights, they were glowing. And so finally um, I was on a trip with my boyfriend who uh, was driving me insane because he brought all of this delicious food and he kept trying to spend time with me when I just wanted to be alone in the kitchen to eat this food. And on the way home from this trip, he said to me, um, are you sure you even like me? Because sometimes you're really mean. And I knew exactly what he was talking about because I was really mean because he was interrupting my time with food. Um, and you know, it's again, I wasn't binging, but I just was like sneaking around. I needed to like have this little space. It felt so insane. And I got home from that trip. I always travel with me. Um, and I, I called one of those fellows and I asked her to take me through the steps in this way. And that was a little over a year ago. And that is how I got recovered. I did that in two months. And that was the first time I really took step three around the food. Like I really stopped fighting. I surrendered. And for me, step three is all about surrender. It's letting go of this thing that I really think I can do a certain way. You know, it's all of the ideas I have about the easier, softer way. And for the record, all of my easier, softer ways are actually incredibly painful. Um, you know, and I, I'm the type, I like to learn things the hard way. There's a fellow that says something along the lines of smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from other people's mistakes. I am not a wise person. I will always just be a smart person who learns from my own mistakes, hopefully one day, eventually. But I do. And, you know, I have to say, I never thought that abstinence could feel this free. I never thought that it would be so easy and that I wouldn't be counting the seconds in between meals. And I just, I think because I had so many years of being, um, you know, food was my higher power, food was my everything. And until you get a taste of that, how, how can you ever know? You know, I just, I, I'm so relieved that I got a taste of that. And, you know, there's this saying in the rooms, the road narrows. And I hear it often said with a really negative connotation, but I actually think it's really positive. For me, it's not that I can have less. It's that I am willing to put up with less. I am no longer willing to put up with anything that gets in the way of my serenity. It's just not worth it because I know what that feels like now to be at peace and to be able to be present in my life. And, and I will also say that now that the food is down, my life hasn't gotten easier. It's gotten bigger, which means there's new challenges and new opportunities to take step three. I'm in the process of becoming a foster parent, which is not happening on my timeline. Uh, I am about to go out of town for two weeks. I leave on Saturday and I just found out that I was exposed to COVID this weekend. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. Um, and, you know, my job is really big. My career is bigger than ever. There's just a lot going on and it's scary. But also, again, I have a higher power and it isn't mine to control or manage or manipulate. And every time I get back into that business, uh, things fall apart. 
because I, my scope is too small. I don't know what the bigger plan is. And, and also most often my plan is based on fear. You know, it's like, what do I need? I'm not going to get it. I have a scarcity mentality. There's not enough. I need to take, take, take. Um, so my higher power today is abundance because there's just always enough. There's always enough for me, for you, for everyone, which means that if someone gets a promotion, I can be happy for them. Whereas in the past, I was like, they just took something from me. Like they don't even have to work at my company, but like someone else gets promoted and like, I'm not going to get something now, you know, or like someone is dating someone new and they're really happy and they just took something from me. That was always my experience. But if my higher power is abundance, there's more than enough and plenty for everyone. And I get to like uh, celebrate the wins with everyone. And then also I just have more people around me. I'm not alone because I'm nicer to be around because I'm not like jealous and self-seeking and self-centered all the time. And I am still those things because I'm a human. Um, I don't, I think it's like inevitable. It's like our nature. Uh, that's how we take care of ourselves. But also uh, I get to get out of that you know, just with service and, um, gratitude and all of these tools that I just never even knew were available to me. Um, 13. Thank you. Wow. I'm moving through this really fast. Oh, okay. What else do I want to talk about? Oh, I was at a big book workshop over the weekend and there was something that, uh, the speaker said that I really loved how do you know someone has taken step three and said they're working on their step four? Um, so step three is just a decision. Like we just turn our will and our lives over to a higher power and then we get moving. And um, I think that's why for me, it always feels like I'm coming back to step three because there's other parts of my life that I'm still trying to manage and control. And like, if I'm turning that over, what does it mean? I guess it means I move on. Like I let things fall. I do my part, whatever I'm supposed to do. I don't like hide or like, I don't know, uh, keep secrets or store anything away. Um, but also it means that I'm open to whatever is actually supposed to happen. Um, and for me, going, I've been through the steps, I think like five times in a way because I, I didn't get recovered right away. So I kept having to go through them. And it really was a uh, sort of like filling of the onion. I think also I wasn't ready at first to go this deep. Uh, I grew up in a home where like feelings were, um, it wasn't safe to have them first off and, and they were highly discouraged and, uh, and you know, that's why we have food and other things to comfort ourselves and to keep them down, push it all down. Um, and so it's, I think, been a, a process for me to even be willing to open up in the way that this program allows us to do and to work with someone so intimately and share these parts of myself that I have so much shame around. And that's the other thing, I still have a lot of shame around my past, around being an addict. Um, I heard someone say recently, that they used to take that into like romantic relationships, like, oh, well, I'm an addict, so I don't deserve X, Y, Z, you know, and I realized I was doing that too. There's so many fixed ideas I have around who I'm allowed to be, what I deserve, um, how I can show up, like how there's like a glass ceiling in my life that I've placed in, in every part of my life because of the shame I have for who I am. And, um, I think for me, a big part of step three is, is saying like, none of that is true. 
None of that is true. And I don't know what is, but that's not my job. My job is to, is to be patient and be present and to show up and to be gracious and, and see what happens. And um, sometimes it's really hard, but also sometimes it's really wonderful. And yeah, I don't know what else I want to say about that. Bottom line is I'm so grateful for this program. I am a fundamentally different person than I was four and a half years ago. <clears throat> I'm so grateful for every break that I had in my abstinence because it forced me to dig deeper and also to experience um, humility and, and love, like so much love from these rooms. I was convinced when I, the first time I broke my abstinence that people were just gonna kick me out. Like even though other people had broken their abstinence and I felt nothing but love for them, I was certain that it was gonna be different for me. And that was not my experience. And I can say too, the more honest I've been in these rooms, the deeper my connections are with other fellows and um, the bigger my recovery becomes. And I used to do so much lying. I remember when I first came in, I um, was really nervous about sharing and I waited. I wanted to like get to know the meetings, who was in the meetings to adapt my share to what I thought they needed to hear from me. Like, is this a funnier group? Are we more serious? Like, what do you need? And I would um, sit in my car because this was for in-person meetings and record what I thought I wanted to share on my phone and then play it back. Like so crazy. And, um, and cause I just, I really needed to present a certain way. Cause on the inside, I hated myself and I thought I was worthless. And I also thought I was better than everyone and, you know, all of the craziness, but, um, to be able to show up now authentically and, and not be in the middle of a 20 minute share and be like, Oh, I've run out of things to say. And that's fine. That's where we are. Uh, you know, we'll get through it. Uh, that's so much progress. And also I know that like, no one's judging me. And if you are, that's your business. Um, and that's something huge too, you know, like, God, I really needed everyone to like me in the past. And sometimes I still feel like I do, but also I can snap out of that and say like, wait a second, why does that matter? Um, and none of my business It's just none of my business. That's God's business. So, uh, step three, if you feel like your higher power isn't big enough, get a better one, go back to step two. Um, and, uh, and then jump back into the work after that, because it is just the first, the, the, um, what does it say in here? Da, 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 da. Uh, take it without reservation. And then this was only a beginning though, if honestly and humbly made an effect, sometimes a very great one was felt at once. And that was my experience. You know, it's like, I, uh, I knew that something was about to change because I was trying something truly different for the first time. Like everything else I had tried was like my own sort of twisted thinking and, and also so isolating, you know, it's not like I had people on board with me when I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back on diet pills. Even the last time I had heart palpitations, like I wasn't telling people that, you know, um, whereas this is really like hand in hand with another person who's been through it, who gets it, who knows like the crazy behind all of it. Uh, who would have thought that being honest would, uh, would help? I definitely didn't think that. I really thought I needed to hide. And the less I hide, um, the, the more comfort, comfortable I feel in my body, in my head, the more um, loved I feel. Because also when I'm honest and people don't hate me for it, 
it's like the reassurance I always needed to be like, no, you can just be yourself. See, everyone's still here. That's fine. Uh, and I really didn't know that. So again, this program, um, keep coming back, turn on your camera and be seen, especially in these Zoom rooms. It's so easy to hide in the back. It was so much harder to hide in in-person meetings. Um, you know, like raise your hand, share, take up space. Uh, thank you so much. Take up space. And I'm looking forward to hearing from everyone else. Thank you. Stephanie, thank you so much. That was wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Okay, um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Cool. All right. First up, we have Amy B. followed by Kimberly L. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Robin, for your service. Um, Amy B., Compulsive Overeater, living very gratefully in a recovered state today. Stephanie, that was amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I, I don't want to take up too much time, but I, I could, I'm so grateful to know you. Um, the, there are a couple of things that you said, like the road narrows. And like, I heard that the road narrows, and this is just my perspective, because the path gets clearer. You know, like the, the guidance gets more recognizable, like it is a good thing, like it is a good thing. Um, and the part you said, you're not judging me. And if you are, that's your business. I don't need everyone to like me like. Mm, mm. And, you know, and, and, and even if I think I do, if everybody likes me, I'm not being authentic. I'm lying or I'm performing or I'm people pleasing and um it takes a, it's really energetically demanding to do that. And then I don't have the resources to like, you know, take step three, seek divine guidance, just like be present. But I do have a question for you. And that is this, you said you, I am grateful for every break in my abstinence because each time it caused me to go deeper for those folks who might be struggling at the moment. What are some of the, the, the lessons that really helped you that you learned in those relapses? Thank you so much for your service tonight. Oh, thank you, Amy. And thank you for the question. Um, I will say getting honest, I know um, there's this, this idea, this is what we do with the food is like, it won't happen again. Um, you know, this time it was an isolated event. And uh, fortunately for me, the two times that I broke my abstinence, they were like clear cut binges. There was no way around it. It wasn't like, I mean, it was like kind of a bigger meal. It was like I'd already eaten dinner and then I got seven protein bars and I ate them all within 10 minutes, you know, or like whatever the thing was. 
Um, that was one time. Uh, and so I couldn't hide in that, but I, I think if it had been a little less obvious, I would have, cause that's what I'd done my whole life was like this time, next time, Monday, you know, the first, whatever it was like, and I think it's easy to end up in relapse when you have that type of thinking of like, I don't need to tell anyone because this will, this will never happen again. And then it just gets worse because this disease is progressive. And then the other thing is just like trust in the love and support of these rooms. Uh, Cause that honesty is really, really scary. But if you can show up and be honest, like your recovery is on the other side of that. And for me, that was it, you know, it was like the second that I admitted that I had broken my abstinence, I was back into getting recovered or getting, you know, more recovery. So yeah, thank you. Next up is Kimberly followed by Maya. Hi, I'm Kimberly, I'm a compulsive eater. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for your share. Um, I'm a little intimidated uh, by this meeting because I listen to the podcast and it's really good to have a voice because, you know, my voice is just as worthy as everybody else's. And that's something I'm trying to internalize. And thank you in particular, Stephanie, for talking about uh, scarcity and abundance. Uh, my higher power is abundance. That's something that I really can get behind because I've had a scarcity mentality my whole life whether it comes to money, love, food, you know, I'm always trying to grasp for more and thinking that I'll never have enough. Um, I had back surgery a couple weeks ago, so I've been pretty confined to my house and I got the opportunity to go to the grocery store, something I haven't done in weeks. And it was like, I had to buy everything on the shelves because I felt like I was never going to get to the grocery store again. That's just an example of my scarcity mentality, like it's all going to be gone. There's not enough for me, that kind of thing. Um, you also mentioned um, fixed ideas. And right now, my sponsor and I are working through step four um, in, a, in a different way. And that means kind of listing for me those fixed ideas, those things that I've always believed about myself and dismantling them. Because I've done fourth steps before in this program and in other programs. and I've never been abstinent until this point, like a clear abstinence. So um, I'm really grateful that my sponsor is flexible and you know enough to try different things. Um, so the, my quick question is, how did you go from scarcity to abundance? If it's not clear cut, or you know, how do you want to da a daily basis just um, embrace abundance? So thanks. Thank you, Kimberly. Great question. Um, for me, it was uh, constantly being proven wrong. Like I, uh, like I said, I had all these things that were falling apart in my life that I thought were because of my weight, and then I didn't do anything um, proactively to fix them, aside from like being honest and showing up. Like I started like showing up at work and not uh, sitting there and thinking about all the ways that I was trying to get out of her. I just like, um, I, I'm just constantly proven wrong or like, I, I don't think I'll get what I need. And then I do, and it's not through manipulation. And so that was a piece of it was, um, I think I know everything and I'm constantly wrong and it's always for the better. Like it's always to my benefit. 
and then the other thing was my first higher power was this like loving mom God. Cause I felt like that's what I needed at first was to be like nurtured and loved and that, and it was for a while. And then I realized that, it, you know, I was recovered and feeling really good and my life was big and amazing. And I just scarcity was like popping up left and right. So I re rewrote my higher power. And the, the main thing was like, what is the opposite of that? It's abundance. And so now it's just, it's the thing I go back to like, wow, I'm feeling like I'm not going to get what I need. It's okay. My higher power is abundance. Done. Move on. Um, and it's not always that like simple. It's not like I'm like, and now I'm not scared, you know, but I also just have this, like, it's comforting, you know, it's like a teddy bear or something or the food in the past of like, oh wait, I've got, the, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So I hope that helps. Thank you very much. Maya, you're up next, followed by Erin B. Hi, I'm Maya. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for your lead, Stephanie. Um, yeah, that was really amazing. And you told my story in so many ways. Um, yeah, also someone who like, I've been in the program for about two years and haven't been abstinent for most of that. I'm on day four off of my alcoholic foods before it was no binging and that wasn't working for me. Um, man, do I feel terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm like jumping out of my skin. All I could think about was food today. I've just been doing these like anxiety coloring books. Um, yeah, it's been really, really tough. And my brain also is like, you can just have one whatever, and then you'll start tomorrow. And I know I'm not interested in starting tomorrow. I'm barely interested in doing it right now. <laughs> like, you know, I, there's no part of me that wants to start later. I just want, I told someone today, I want to live in a world where I can eat whatever I want. And the more I eat, the more weight I lose. Like I want to write the, the rules. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been very irritable, very restless and very discontented. Um, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been tough. And um, yeah, the only thing that's really getting me through is other people saying that they get to a point where they don't want it. Like I'm just for like, you know, acting as if I believe that because I don't have an orientation to it. Like the most abstinence I had was 30 days. And even then, you know, it was more about racking up the day count than it was about like really having food neutrality. Um, and I relate to relapse deepening my connection with higher power. Like it feels kind of like you're just under a tidal wave, um, and like really trusting like the force of nature to get you where you need to go. And that is what happened to me. Um, I had offered to give a friend or a fellow a ride to the big book workshop and probably wouldn't have gone if I hadn't have done that, even though I was like so upset. It was like an over like an hour drive. So yeah, things happen through service. Um, yeah, it's, I want to like scrape my skin off, like seriously, <laughs> like I really, and a big part of like, it's what you said about abundance. And I mean, I also destroyed relationships, employment opportunities, things like that. And my life got really small and, you know, I feel like my hopes and dreams and demands on God are so big and unattainable. So that's part of it is, of, is the fuck it. So like, it's never going to happen. So like, might as well go down with a, with a bang. And for me, that bang is like covered in chocolate. Um, 
yeah but I'm just one trying to keep an open mind that like maybe God has a for me that's better than what I can imagine thanks for letting me share thank you very much Erin you're up next followed by Megan thanks um hi guys I'm Erin compulsive overeater and restrictor um I Stephanie, thank you. I was so excited when I saw your name um, for tonight because I was actually thinking about you earlier. I have been struggling and I was having a hard time hearing the truth from my sponsor. And so I thought, who else could I reach out to that I feel like maybe I could be a little more receptive of the truth from? And you're somebody, I think I've only talked to you once or twice on the phone, but you came to mind because I just really feel safe um, with you. So anyway. I just want to get honest because you just, um, when you answered somebody's question just now and you said, get honest, I wrote this down, your abstinence is right on the other side of that. Um, it's so funny. I feel like step three is my favorite step. And like, if anybody has been following, like, or just like knows me well the past six or eight weeks um and I feel like it's all because of step three that I feel like I've been taking in multiple areas of my life like financially just everything um God has made these insane miracles like I am in six weeks moving to Wyoming from Chicago which is like this dream that I never ever ever could have like made fall into place the way that God aligned this for me and so I have seen like the miracles that happen when we do this. And what is also true is that I am um, very much, I have been having an issue with step one lately, like and the powerlessness. And, um, you know, I was going to say maybe it's because I'm moving. I don't think that's a reason or that it matters. It's because I'm a compulsive overeater. <laughs> like it's because I have a disease, but I've been like, kind of playing around with like eating out more than I used to and using it as an excuse to overeat. And, um, you know, I weigh myself once a month. Um, there was a drastic difference between this month and last month, which is information and which is a result of me, um, trying to do this my way and how I think I can handle it. And I had a really tough conversation with my sponsor today and, um, a lot of me, like, if she's 90% right and I'm 10% right, like a lot of me wants to like push that 10%. Like I want her to know where she, you know, just like we don't, we cease arguing kind of, we cease fighting with anyone. I was really like, I just feel defensive and I want to argue. And, but within hours after that conversation, the miracle was that I was able to like have this clarity that I didn't have before because I'd been praying about this conversation and writing about it and meditating about it. And I was like, you know what, God, just like help me hear the truth because I know damn well that my disease lies all the time. And I can't recognize when I'm, when I'm lying to myself, like I came into this program. Thank you. Lying. And so I just want to say, I'm grateful to be here and to be honest with my struggles tonight. And Stephanie, thanks for what you said, because you inspired that in me. I guess. Thank you, Erin. Um, we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording?